Epiphany Church in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. On Friday a thief, on Sunday a king, laid down in grief, but I walk with the key to hell. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ is risen from the grave. Welcome to Epiphany's podcast, a ministry of Epiphany Anglican Fellowship in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. Our church exists to help people discover and rediscover the love of God in the Christian gospel. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at epiphanyligonier.org. Today's message is our Easter Sunday message, and this note goes out to anyone who has been following this podcast at any pace since we started it back in March of 2020. Although our COVID separation has kept us apart, please know we continue to pray for you with joy and fondness, and we hope to be with you again in person very soon. Alleluia, Christ is risen on behalf of our congregation. Have a happy and safe Easter Sunday. Christ is risen from the dead. Darkness now no more shall reign. Thorns no more shall crown the head that once was bowed with grief and pain. Christ the Lord, the mighty King, from our sin hath made us free. Where, O death, is now thy sting? Where, O grave, thy victory? Alleluia and amen. (laughs) Friends, I love Easter. Easter is the best. And I'll say something controversial just to get your blood pumping right off the bat here. I think Easter is better than Christmas. (laughs) Christmas is great, you know, don't get me wrong, but Easter, I think, is better. It's less expensive by a long shot. Uh, There's much less pressure to buy the perfect gift or cook the perfect roast. You know, ham is a lot more forgiving than turkey or beef cuts, I'll tell you that much. And Easter is tough to commercialize, too. And I like that a lot. You know, last year, the the Hallmark Channel tried its hand at making an Easter movie to try to replicate all the success that it's had with the, like, B Christmas movies that they make every year. Uh, You know, spoiler alert, they didn't make one for 2021. It didn't pan out quite so well. Uh, But I'm here to tell you, friends, that, you know, Easter is great for all of the things that are just hard to commercialize, like family and being outdoors and, you know, Jesus (laughs) rising from the dead. It's just hard to commercialize all that. And, um, you know, back in 2016 in the Wall Street Journal, uh, the Jesuit writer James Martin was trying to figure out why, you know, what's the difference between Christmas and Easter? Uh, Why is it that one is sort of more commercialized and more popular while the other is, you know, they're both religious holidays, but Christmas is just easier to commercialize. And he had this to say, you know, Christmas, the Christmas story is largely non-threatening to people outside the church. You know, Jesus in the manger, surrounded by Mary and Joseph and the adoring shepherds, is easy to take. As the Gospels of Matthew and Luke recount, there is no little danger involved for Mary and Joseph, but for the most part, it can be accepted as a charming story. Even the non-religious might appreciate the birth of a great teacher. But Easter is different, though. You know, we don't talk about it, but 
we all kind of recognize nowadays that there's this sort of dual oil and water kind of Easter nature in our current cultural celebration, right? There's bunnies, chickens, eggs, pastels, Easter on the one hand. And on the other hand, there's Jesus rose from the dead Easter. And, you know, there's some history that does link them together. I learned about that this year. You know, medieval Christians would fast for Holy Week and they wouldn't eat eggs while they fasted. And so all the excess eggs from Holy Week became Easter decorations. Um, but still, you know, there's Jesus rose from the dead Easter and it's a little less welcoming to those outside of our fold. And if that's you this morning, I get it. As James Martin again shared from that same essay back in 2016, Easter is not as easy to digest as Christmas. It's harder to tame. Anyone can be born, but not everyone can rise from the dead. And that's part of the reason I love Easter, because while anyone can be born, the idea of someone returning from the dead is at first glance foolish and laughable. And yet, as St. Paul outlines later on in the Bible, if Jesus didn't actually return from the dead, body and all, to walk around and eat fish and explain himself, we should probably just pack it up and go home. We should just stick to the eggs and the chicks and the bunnies and the pastels. But Easter, in fact, um, it's the people who believe Jesus rose from the dead that have made some of the biggest changes to our world. The entire world has changed because a bunch of people agreed that there once was a guy who was dead and, and now he's not. And the historian Tom Holland, who's an atheist and no uh, explicit Christian of his own, he wrote about this recently, about how Western culture finds its genesis in the ripple effects of that first Easter Sunday. He said um, uh, he, he was exploring this in the context of classical uh, Greek culture, and he said, I don't find anything Western about this. And he goes on to articulate about how at one point in the ancient city of Rome, a bunch of poor, disregarded fools in, um, who believe that Jesus rose from the dead, um, they believe that they would rise from the dead as well. And so when the plague hit Rome around 165 AD, a combination of smallpox and measles, very nasty, much worse than our own pandemic. When this plague hit Rome in 165, these foolish people who believe Jesus rose from the dead, they stuck around and helped plague victims. And this act of selfless uh, self-sacrifice was seen as foolish and repulsive by the Roman elite, especially when the politicians and the pagan priests fled for the countryside to avoid the, the, the plague. But if you were sick, no one was coming to help you, unless maybe a Christian came to take care of you. And if a Christian came to take care of you in Rome in 165 you know, AD, you viewed Easter a little differently as a result. This act of plague-themed charity would go on to inspire the first universally accessible hospitals in the global West. And it all stemmed from a bunch of weirdos who believed that Jesus bodily rose from the dead. This Easter effect and the ripples of Easter Sunday and how it's transformed our culture applies to our social structures too, um, says Tom Holland, the atheist historian. He says if we follow the history of thought back through time, we discover that the first people to talk in earnest about any notion of social or racial or women's equality were people who believed Jesus rose from the dead. And in the ancient world, you see everyone was separated by, you know, class and sex and race. And rich people were blessed and occupied and in the higher caste and they were always men. And the poor were cursed and they existed to be abused. 
and the foreigner was to be treated with disdain and women were second class at best. But then a bunch of ancient Near East nut jobs convinced that Jesus rose from the dead started to preach that God's love transcended nationality and tax bracket. And all of a sudden, the rich and the poor and the Jewish and the Gentile and the men and the women and the Romans and the Carthaginians and the, the Yankees and the Mets and the Raiders and the, the Ravens and the Steelers, all of them together were equal in the sight of God. And it was the first Christians who fully articulated this idea for the first time in history. It was part of the Easter effect. The Easter effect even applied to the idea of people's worth. Because for the first time, someone's value as a human being was divorced from their utility. You know, the love of God isn't dependent on how good or strong or smart or holy you became. Uh, that was the idea behind this early Christian gathering. It was that everyone is loved, and we know that from Jesus' death and resurrection. Every single person is loved by God. And so our treatment of the most vulnerable in our society, the disabled, the children, the elderly, the slave, that's a reflection of heaven's love for us. So if you want to know about all of these very important cultural values and how they came into being, if you want to go back and figure out where the first person who thought these important ideas uh, lived and taught and breathed, well, I have a surprising answer for you. If it's charity to the poor, care for the sick, dignity for the disabled, the breakdown of national or racial or gender divides, love for people who are different, forgiveness for others when they go wrong, if you believe that these values are worth pursuing in your life, you too have been touched by the Easter effect. Say what you will about those knuckleheads who believed a dead guy came back to life, but they gave the world a lot of very important ideas that we may take for granted today. I could go on about the global impact of the Easter effect, but you know that's kind of abstract, and I'd like to narrow it down today and ask you some personal questions. Because if the Easter effect dramatically changed our world for the better, how could we imagine that the Easter effect might change you as well? And I know that sounds very pointed and maybe a perhaps meddlesome. I'm reminded of the classic Calvin and Hobbes comic strip when Hobbes, the genial tiger, asks his young friend Calvin if he planned uh, any New Year's resolutions for the coming year. And Calvin responds to the idea with disdain and hostility. Resolutions? Me? Just what are you implying? That I need to change? Well, buddy, as far as I'm concerned, I'm perfect just the way I am. <laughs> And true as that may be for you or me, I, I think the past year with the pandemic and all of its economic and political and social impacts, well, maybe it's put some cracks in the defensiveness of our inner Calvin. The doctors I know tell me that they have prescribed more anti-anxiety and antidepressant medication in the past year than they have in their entire medical career prior to the pandemic. Good luck trying to find a counselor or a therapist these days. The mental health centers that I'm familiar with are booked beyond capacity. And the mental health professionals doing that work are facing burnout in their career as never before. You want to know who made some money during the pandemic off of people's pandemic appetites? Uh, Chick-fil-A did. They made a killing. And so did the pizza joints like Papa John's and Domino's. Subway, known for its healthier sandwich and salad offerings, uh, they didn't do so good last year. They didn't make as much money. Uh, you know who else is a surprise winner of the pandemic? I'm almost embarrassed to say. Boxed wine. 
82% growth year to year from 2019 to 2020. And I'm not sure anything says I'm having a rough go of things like consuming alcohol from a cardboard and plastic container. Communion cups um, being the exception. (laughs) But if you look at us on the outside, we can think that we're doing okay. We've got our Easter bonnets and our kids are dressed up and looking real cute and we're in our Sunday best. But if you look at what we buy, the medicines that we're taking, the junk food that we are eating, the alcohol we are consuming, the numbers spell a different story. As the New Yorker cartoon put it this week, I'm looking forward to forgetting everything I learned about myself during quarantine. And so if the Easter effect made all of these very good changes in the world, hospitals, equality, um, uh, all of that, is there a change that is available for you? What might the news of Jesus' death and resurrection from the dead accomplish in your life? Well, I have three uh, things in particular. There are plenty more, but I'm going to focus on three today, and then we'll conclude our time together and continue on with the service. First, if Jesus rose from the dead, it means that God hasn't forgotten about you. And, And people often wonder what the God of the Bible is doing about all the evil in the world, and it's a question that goes back to the heart of the book itself, the Bible. How does a God of love and a God of justice act when the people he loves are unjust? Well, in the resurrection of Jesus, we see how this answer begins to play out because a judge has now been appointed to sort out the injustices of the world. That's Jesus. And that same judge offers forgiveness to sinners at his own expense. It's not a matter of if, but when. The matters that matter most to you are indeed sorted out. Which is to say, whatever injustice has happened to you or whatever injustice you have done to someone else, God knows and has made a way for you that will end in peace. And one effect of the Easter in your life, one effect of Easter in your life, is that you have a sure and certain knowledge that God has not forgotten you. So I think that would be the first ripple of the Easter effect manifesting itself in your life is the sure and certain knowledge that God has not forgotten you. Second, uh, if Jesus Christ rose from the dead, it means that God has not forgotten you. And it also means that your fear is finite. Your fear is finite. And and here's what I mean by that. Um, There are forces at work in our world that want you to be afraid. Because um, if you're afraid of the headline, then you'll read uh, the rest of the article. Or if you're, afraid, if you're afraid of the headline, you'll stay tuned for the rest of the news segment. And if you're afraid of missing out, you'll buy the ticket to the, the concert or you'll buy the ticket to the movie. And if you're afraid of being left out, you'll buy the brand name clothes. And if you're afraid of losing your job, you'll put in twice the effort and burn yourself out. And if you're afraid of angering someone close to you, you'll put in twice the effort to be nice and keep them close. Fear is a great way to control other people. Or at least, you know, take their money. And if Jesus rose from the dead, then the same God who managed that resurrection loves and cares for you. And if the God who conquered death is on your side, well, what else is there to be afraid of? The all-powerful raiser of dead people forgives trespasses and welcomes sinners. So at some point here, whatever you are afraid of is going to bump into the fact that a cosmic force of good that is ultimately victorious is going to win. 
And so another one of the side effects of Easter is that your fears become finite. They lose their sway in light of a resurrecting God who loves us. Finally, uh, the third thing I would put forward for you this morning, that if Jesus rose from the dead, God has not forgotten you. Your Your fear is finite. And finally, death will one day be destroyed. And this is a year in which many of us in Epiphany have lost loved ones. And not just due to COVID either. We've lost siblings and parents. We've lost children to stillbirth. And great-grandparents died before they were able to meet the newest members of the family born during quarantine. The specter of death seems to have asserted its power over us uh, over this past year since Ash Wednesday of 2020. The Easter effect changes how we understand death and its impact on our lives. Because the testimony of Jesus himself is that we are going where he is going. And that the resurrection of the dead is just as much our future as it was for him. It's enough for St. Paul to gloat, death, where is your sting? Death, where is your victory? It's enough for the vaunted English poet John Donne to pen his famous lines, death, be not proud. For though some have called you high and mighty, thou art not so. And so death is not a big, scary monster, but an indefeatable adversary who has miraculously been beaten. So if you're looking for the Easter effect in your life, this is what Christians have believed from day one. Jesus Christ bodily rose from the dead. He met with hundreds of people after his resurrection, and those followers went on to change the world. Jesus ascended into heaven, and we have the Holy Spirit continuing on his work in our own hearts and minds and souls and bodies until he returns. And anyone who assents to this historical reality is blessed with God's kind attention and a deliverance from fear, especially the fear of death. And when God comes to fix the world, we, friends, will have a place in it. And that, my friends, is the Easter effect. And it is all yours unless you'd rather keep your eggs and chickens and bunnies and pastels. And so today, as we once again celebrate with joy the resurrected Jesus, we do so with hope and relief. That despite our present trials, the resurrection is proof that everything will be okay. Jesus is alive. Death is not the end. Your fears are finite. God knows you and loves you. Alleluia. Amen. Friday a thief, on Sunday a king, lay down in grief, broke with the keys, fell on that day, firstborn of the slain, the man Jesus Christ saved, death in his grave. Ligonier, Pennsylvania.